I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Rip Podcast. Once again, I'm Josh Shinoff. As always, welcome by the one and only man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It is Angel Ortega. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, including, let's be honest, mainly Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. However, we do have a bunch of other stuff to talk about. As always, we're brought to you by two fantastic sponsors of the show, Elixir and Rogue Energy. Code Sinoff for both of those. Elixir keep me, uh, keep me really high. Uh, <laughs> getting me through my day, and it can help you with uh, code sound off a checkup. We're gonna do the exact opposite. Gonna keep you fueled up, get you that caffeine, get you get you those nutrients, keep on rolling throughout the day. Whether you're at the gym, at home, or wherever you are at, we're gonna do will help you get get to the finish line with code sound off for ten percent off. Once again, elixir.com and rogueenergy.com code sound off at checkout for ten percent off. Look. Angel, we uh we said here on the pod, and and look, we got we gotta we gotta go ahead and we gotta acknowledge it. We said here on the pod last week, if Francis Gano outboxes Tyson Fury, maybe we just have a fucking prodigy on our hands. Well, you can call this motherfucker BJ Penn, okay? Because <laughs> goes out there and does the damn thing on Saturday night, um, knocks down the Gypsy King in round three. Uh, joins only Deontay Wilder and Steve Cunningham as the only other men to do so. And uh, he he went the distance, nearly won on the cards, split, ends up suffering a split decision loss. But even even though he suffered the split decision loss, Angel, I mean, it's it's basically, it's a rocky story, right? Even down to the results, coming in here as a 14-to-1 underdog, nearly gets the win. But before we even get into how you scored it, and in all that stuff and the controversy, what did you make of the fight itself? How 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 in awe were you uh, watching that that final Saturday night? I was on the edge, man, the whole time. I you know I got on the edge of my chair quite literally. I was very hype. I was uh, emotional in in a lot of ways. <laughs> I just, I was just, I was just going through every feeling you could, man. Uh, I was just so excited the whole time and I was very happy to, to have this as part of something. I'm happy I got to experience this, man. Uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy I'm living in the time I am because I am getting to see some pretty amazing shit in, in combat. And I, one thing that, that you, you always tell me is you got into it, you got into the sport at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, you said emotional, you know, um, that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, I, I came out of this fight having like a high, you know, like 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 just like getting to see one of our own guys go over there because like we've seen the same story play out so many times over the last few years, you know. MMA fighter goes to boxing, they lose tremendously, like they lose badly. Whenever you're an MMA fighter signing up for a boxing match like this, you're signing up for an ass kicking and a payday. That's basically it, and everybody knows what the score is, and that was mostly the case here. You know, the only difference is that nobody fucking told Francis and Ghani that that's how they're supposed to go. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, look, we, we, you and I, we talked about his whole saga and his whole situation, uh, all year long and about how everybody's doubted him. Like, oh, Dana said he was scared of competition and, you know, this and that. And he fumbled the bag. He fumbled the bag, Angel. He's gonna, he's gonna make $20 million off of this fight and he fumbled the bag, you know? Um, just still in complete awe. In terms of the fight itself, we do have to break, you know, get into the X's and O's. Um, how exactly did Francis Ngannou do as well as he did on Saturday night? Well, there's a lot of things people, you know, even we overlooked going into this fight, you know. Um, Fury came out, came out quick. He came out, he landed a big right hand in literally the opening seconds of the fight. It's supposed to set the tone. Uh, the issue is that nobody told him that apparently Francis Ngannou just cannot be rocked or knocked out in any capacity because uh, we've literally never seen it. Um, in round three, he lands the knockdown, and from that point on, Fury was very hesitant. He was just trying to get inside, trying to clinch. If he couldn't do that, he was staying on the outside, trying to jab away. He didn't really land anything significant past round, I mean, what, round three, I guess I'd say. 
from that point forward, he was very hesitant. And anytime he tried to get in the clinch, something that we really overlooked, honestly. I, I feel like we kind of, you know what I mean? I'm surprised that we didn't think about it. Most people did not. In the clinch, Tyson Fury couldn't do anything. I mean, one of the biggest ways that he was able to drain on guys like Deontay Wilder, drain on guys like Dillian White, was he would get in there and he would lean on them. He would use his size. And he was bigger than Francis Ngannou, but dude, like, Ngannou put him in a fucking tie clinch at one point. Like, he was not the stronger man on Saturday night, man. Um, where, how impressed were you by Francis Ngannou's specific boxing skill? I know that he did not really throw that much, and he said that that he was kind of worried about his cardio, but how impressed were you specifically with his poise in his first ever boxing match? I mean, he was pretty calm, man. I, I was just wondering, is he going to get overselling? Is he going to get tired? I mean, there was a lot of worries. And I think to the extent he was able to do well, uh, as well as he could have, I think, for especially having his first professional box, and especially who he was boxing to at that. I mean, it was... And look, and, and the results speak for themselves, too, man. Um, in the words of... Uh, oh, my God, I can't think of the kid's name, but the... You know, the chess speaks for itself. You know, the boxing speaks for itself. You know? Yeah. Uh, oh, God, dude. I mean, look, you could tell there's stuff to be worked, but it's like, if he already did this well, imagine what he can do with more time. And now that he has the experience and stuff he knows and he's willing to learn and he really wants to do this, there's there's some potential here, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree. There's tons of potential here. And... We'll talk about his future in a minute, but we do gotta, we, last, we do have to talk about the score. Everybody, uh, said that he was robbed, Francis Ghana was robbed. You know, coming out of it, I don't, I wasn't saying robbery. I did think that there was never a situation in which case he'd win on the cards. I mean, he's fighting in Saudi Arabia, and guys, Riyadh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about it, but Riyadh season's going on right now. And what is Riyadh season supposed to close with? Alexander Usyk versus Tyson Fury. So, I mean, just just saying, it was going to be tough for him to win on the cards regardless. But in terms of the cards, the the fight itself by the by the ringside uh, judges, it was 95-94 Nganu, 95-94 Fury, 96-93 Fury. You don't have to give me an exact scorecard, Angel, because let's be honest, I mean, you don't have to do the math on that. Uh, but in terms of the fight itself... Just kind of give me your overall baseline. Did you score the fight for Tyson Fury? What rounds kind of stick out to you in your head? What do you, what did you kind of think, man? At the time, um, that night I scored it. I was live scoring it. I uh, doing my best because, uh, and, and I, I do want to rewatch some rounds whenever I do get the chance. Uh, specifically round four and ten, which were some of the more talked about rounds that could have gone Francis' way, which I didn't end up giving to Francis on my scorecard. Um, I gave both four and ten to Fury. Um, at the time, I gave it ninety five, ninety four. Uh, Tyson, I thought there was a, a, a you could score for Francis. Um, I, I'd say I gave Francis obviously his knockdown round, which was round three, right, Josh? Mm-hmm. I gave um Ngannou rounds. What would it be? Um. Off the top of my head, uh, seven and uh, seven and eight, I think, were the other two, uh, six and seven, whatever they were. There were there were some of those later rounds, and then um, I think maybe even at the time I went, I gave him two, and then I gave the rest to Fury or something like that, something along the lines of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, from from my scoring on the night of, I thought Ngannou won, but I was not. I was, you know. I was half working at the time. I was kind of riding the emotional high. I wasn't really doing super specific round by round scoring. I was kind of like, oh, you know, good round for Fury, good round and gone. I was just kind of doing that in my head. Uh, I did rewatch, um, I've, re- I've rewatched the highlights of the fights, like multiple times, and I've tried to like piece together my thoughts. I'd say I'd probably score the fight for Tyson Fury, honestly. Um, Do I you think- have a number? I'm curious. I, he'd at one round. I mean, he probably, I think he probably edged like, one round, like ninety five, ninety four, sounds like a good scorecard to me. Like, I I don't have like the exact rounds in front of me, but like obviously I think round, obviously round three, round eight, round seven, maybe round two for Nganu, and that's it. Um. Uh. So I mean, look, I I I thought Tyson did enough to get the win, but at the same time, it's it wasn't an overall like wasn't he, wasn't he, yeah he eked it out. I mean, it, it, you have 
Yeah. You have to say how it is. I mean, he didn't win this. Yeah, he got by the skin of his fucking teeth. Yeah, he skidded by. He got by. There's no argument about it. Um, There's a lot. I mean, I keep talking to Josh about it. There's a lot of cope, copium in the box community right now, man, over this. Because there is, there is no, you can't defend this at all. You know, you have to say it as it is. The fight was close, and he got won by, by a round at best, in my opinion. Yeah, well, here's what it comes down to, and this is what, you know, we, like you said, we have talked about this a fair bit off air. Um, this is what it comes down to. There is a lot of copium coming out of, the, like, the boxing community, and a lot of boxing analysts right now, and, uh, now, not, not all of them, a lot of them are giving Francis Ngannou the credit that he deserves, but a lot of it is just pure shock, because this is not a result that makes any sense. And here's the thing, is that for other boxing matches like this, other crossover fights, there's been, like, an excuse. They've given the MMA fighter, like, an advantage in some way. Like, Connor versus Floyd. Connor was bigger, he was younger, he was arguably the harder hitter, Floyd was a tired, so on and so forth. And Ngannou versus Fury, Fury had all the advantages on his side. He was he weighed in heavier. He was the taller man. He was the more seasoned boxer. He was not only that, he fought more recently. Like, you know, so I saw people saying, oh, ring rust for Fury. And Ganu has been out longer. He was out nearly a full year longer than Tyson Fury was. There's not a single thing you can say about Tyson Fury that you cannot say about for instance Ganu that was worse, that he is not dealing with more stuff going into this fight. So yeah, dude, there was a lot of copium. Um, I, like I said, if you would have scored this fight for Tyson Fury or Francis Ngannou, I think you're completely fine. There were so many swing rounds in there. Like, it's just, people don't understand. Oh, and also boxing is scored differently than MMA. I don't know if you said that exactly. In boxing, it's more about how much you're landing versus MMA, which is more of a combination of the two. You know, Land, it's more Landing based. and damage, yeah. Yeah, landing and damage. Boxing is more about, I mean, why do you guys think, I mean, you guys... You guys have seen Floyd Mayweather fight. I mean, a lot of his fights were just kind of in the early 2010s. A lot of those fights were just kind of using his defense, just kind of touching guys, you know, just making making millions and getting by with getting, you know, only taking seven clean punches a night. You know what I mean? Like, that's how boxing is. You got to give credit, though. No, no, of course, of course. I'm not saying that like a bad thing. Um, but, yeah, in terms of this fight, man, just Tyson Fury. Do you think he took him lightly? Something we haven't really talked about. I, I, I don't know. To go. Yeah. You don't know? I, I kind of have a few thoughts on this that I wanted to bring up um, real quick. I know I'm kind of cutting you off there. No, but, no, I don't. You're good. Yeah. But I kind of think to an extent he did. I thought he was going to be able to come in here and take care of business. On top of that, and I don't know if you feel the same way. No one's brought this up. But doesn't Tyson Fury seem kind of not Tyson Fury? I'm not even talking about fight-wise. I'm talking about, like, you know, even like media press, you know, wise and hype. And obviously, Francis isn't like a shit talker or anything. But even then, he's not super out there. You know what I mean? Even when we saw him at a uh, Misfits, kind of not. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't been. He didn't sing afterwards. You know what I mean? In the, in yeah. the ring. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, he didn't give like this super, you know, energetic, hyped up, a little maybe too much energy speech afterwards. Kind of reminiscing as far as energy. Yeah, like I, I wonder if there's something going on more that we don't know about, because the only time I saw Tyson Fury turn into Tyson Fury was after the knockdown, and you saw the Gypsy King come out. Because I don't know, you you saw the you saw the arm go down, Josh. You saw him have that little little jitterness in him when yeah. he noticed he had to go into kind of go mode. Like I, I almost wonder if there was just kind of a a little bit of more stuff going on there that we didn't know. Yeah, I mean, so I think it's. I really don't know, man. I, I, so look, I'm seeing a lot of people that are saying the same thing, like, oh, he, he underestimated him. That's why he, you know, he lost. He looked terrible. He looked out of shape. It's like, guys, that's Tyson Fury every single fucking fight. I actually thought he looked more in shape for this fight than, <laughs> than, uh, he did a couple months ago. Angel, remember when we saw that first press conference? He took off his shirt. He kind of looked like he was, he honestly looked like he was a lot worse shape than he was on fight night. Like, he looked like he's actually not in bad shape. 277 is not bad for Tyson Fury at all. Um, I, I believe that he probably took him seriously. Now you can argue that maybe he's going through a personal thing. And I'll tell you, tell you somebody who's known some people that, uh, you know, Tyson Fury is bipolar. I'll tell you somebody who's, you know, had people that are bipolar in my own life. They have good years and they have bad years. They have good months and they have bad months. It's always a challenge with anything when it comes to mental health. So maybe he's just in a bad place right now. I hope that's not the case. Um, 
and he's about to, you know, he's going to make a hundred million dollars from the span of, you know, October to February. So, you know, I sure he'll uh, get a little happier, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that has to, you know, make things a little bit easier, I would imagine. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I just, I don't want to speculate. I don't know. I think that a lot of people that are just assuming that he didn't take him seriously, it's like, I don't know, man. Like Tyson Fury just didn't look in bad shape. He could just be getting older too. I mean, he's 35. This is, I'm surprised people, more people aren't saying this. Like, I think maybe Tyson Fury just getting older, and it's a combination of that. Maybe he underestimated him. Maybe Ngannou just came in, you know, and did much better than he was supposed to. Maybe he took him more seriously than maybe, Fury maybe did. Maybe Ngannou's just that guy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he just is. But, like, dude, we haven't seen, like, when was the last time we saw Tyson Fury face, like, a super high-level guy? Probably Wilder in, in October 2021, mm-hmm. to over two years ago, you know? Like, he fought Dillian White, but Dillian White was coming off the knockout loss to Povietkin, you know, and even then, we saw him against Jermaine Franklin earlier this year. He looked, I think that was last year, but he looked pretty rough. Then he fought Chisor, who we know the story way past his prime, you know. So maybe Tyson Fury's just getting older. He's 35. He's done a lot of abuse to his body. He's taken a lot of damage. And maybe his chin's starting to fade, and maybe that was, it was just a perfect combination of stuff. I really don't know, but I think a lot of people are just assuming, like, oh, he didn't take it seriously because he was out of shape or this or that. It's just like, I don't know, guys. I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't want to speculate on all that stuff. But what we can go ahead and say, Angela, to go ahead and keep things rolling, we know that uh, he will no longer be fighting Alexander Usyk in December. You got to, you got to get Francis Nostradamus <laughs> in Ganu. I'm not sure if you remember whenever the Usyk fight was announced. Uh, he said, how is, how is Fury going to be able to fight after the medical suspension I put him through or something? After the damage he <laughs> takes fighting me. By know? the way, did you see that tweet I sent you, uh, afterwards? Uh, the one where he like, it's like him a day before the fight, him a day after the fight regarding the Usyk fight? Yeah, dude. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, that, that's exactly all he was saying was, uh, hey, Usyk, you know, you little, you little sausage. You know, we're going to be fighting on December 23rd no matter what. And then literally right after the fight, guys, I cannot possibly fight on December 23rd. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's officially moved uh, to February. I don't believe there's a date, but it's going to be an old Saudi. So All I, all I want to know is, is if he does be do sick, is he going to sing? <laughs> oh, man. You know he has to. I mean, that it's just – this is exactly why it's so crazy. I mean, Francis Ngannou, an MMA fighter, just derailed – the the first undisputed heavyweight championship fight in nearly three decades. <laughs> it's it's really weird, right? They're now going to be going into that like with kind of like a weird kind of tone because you know the day of the fight they're going to be talking about the Francis and Ganu match. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's uh, it's fucking crazy. It's crazy. I mean, I'm still in awe. That's all I can say is I'm just I'm still in awe. And and here's the biggest thing is like coming out of the fight like. We were, like, I'm sure we were, like, both in all, but, like, I told you afterwards, I even texted you, I was like, dude, like, he he can box anybody now. The world is his oyster, bro. Like, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Watt, both, dude, Eddie Hearn was on the MMA Hour, like, the next day, dude, trying so hard to sell Anthony Joshua versus Frank Scott. I'm like, dude, like, Anthony- I'm, I'm, I'm DTF. I know I'm down too, but it was just like it was so wild to see because like Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua, they were the same people that were a couple months ago, which not alone calling the Fury fight like a freak show fight. Oh, Joshua way, said, "Can I get your yeah. Eddie Hearn impression again?" <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a good I don't have a good Eddie Hearn. God damn it, you've done one off air. I hate you. <laughs> I'd have to think. I'd have to, I'd have to think. I'm not going to embarrass myself on no, it. I have to focus too much to do it. Dude. I, I have to, I have to, I have to put myself in the mindset of a forty a forty four year old man who is trying so hard to revive the career of Anthony Joshua. You know, like I, I'm down for an Anthony Joshua. I'm, I'm I'm down for an Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight. But the thing the thing about Nganu is is no I can't I can't do it but yeah, that was really good though that was yeah really thank good. you thank you but anyways yeah he's kind of going into it I love it <laughs> but uh yeah I mean Eddie Hearn was out there and dude Anthony Joshua was the same guy that said outright like Wilder and Fury were both down to face Ngannou that was publicly known Joshua said like I have no interest in that freak show fight shit like that's literally what he called it like he, does, he don't want that smoke he does but then. 
fucking looky there. Eddie Hearn trying so hard to get that fight made. And then Deontay Wilder, we also got to say, Deontay Wilder is already in talks. Now, these two were in talks earlier this year. And uh, for the reason, I'm not sure how deep they got, but apparently Deontay Wilder said he wanted to fight him, fight him in MMA. And Ngannou said after the fight, you know, I think he said, uh, you know, yesterday, he was like, yeah, we're in talks. And got, like, Wilder's been training in MMA for this. So I'll, I'll pass it to you, uh, Angel. If you have, let's say that you are, you're the, you're the, you're the Saudi prince. You're, 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 uh, his, his excellency MBS or whatever. I am. I am. You're, you're, you're ex- his excellency Marquez Valdez Cantlin, Chiefs wide receiver. No, but like, <laughs> anytime they said MBS on Saturday, on Saturday, I'm like, oh fuck, fucking, he's going to suit up tomorrow, bro. Like, no, but anyways, uh, <laughs> let's, let's imagine you're, you're his excellency MBS. Um, and you're booking Francie Gani's next fight. You have all the money in the world. You have that 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 Saudi oil money. You can you can essentially you can make his next fight regardless. Who do you want to see him fight next? Francis Ngannou. It can happen in MMA, boxing. I mean, they they've got the money to make it happen. Who do you, Angel, His Excellency, want to see Ngannou fight next? Look, realistically, I would love to see a rematch. I know that's not going to happen, but if I had to choose my two other opponents, would either be Joshua or, or Wilder, just because they're pretty they're massive heavyweight stars you know mm-hmm. they're probably the two other big guys you can do at this time and get to a deal because of who's sick inferior fighting mm-hmm. yeah you're yeah that's that's correct if you were to look in like a realistic you know realistically though now that because because the fury rematch won't happen next yeah, no, I mean, like I said, it, it probably those uh, Joshua or Wilder. That's, that's what I said. That's, that's would be my second option. No, no, I know. I'm saying narrow it down, Angel. I'm saying you are the, you're the king prince in Saudi Arabia. You gotta make a decision. Oh well, I go Wilder, dude. That'd be okay, the, okay, yeah, it'd, same be, the, it'd be the easier marketing scheme. Okay, cool. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page of that. Because uh, I gotta be honest with you, I don't want to say I have no interest in Joshua and Ganu, but of the fights that can be made. I would rather see a Fury rematch, a Wilder fight, or even Usyk to be completely honest with you. I think Usyk versus Ngannou would be interesting as fuck. You think Usyk will call out Ngannou if he were to win against Fury? I think so. You, Usyk's that guy, dude. He'll fight anybody. That's that's one of the reasons why I respect him so much. You know. That's interesting. I wonder Where's if weight he... going up to heavyweight? Like fuck, dude. Like. But that's kind of what Eddie Hearn was saying too, though. Is he wants to do Ngannou versus Joshua? And then the winner of that, fear of facing the winner of Fury, uh, um, Usyk. And I think that's possible. That's very possible. I mean, it's just crazy to be in the world that we're in where we're talking about these things. And it's like, it's not, it's not out of reach. Not only is it out of reach, it's arguably more probable than him fighting in the PFL. You know? Or him fighting, you know, anybody in MMA again. The only fight that would make, I think, Francis a lot of money in MMA right now would be John Jones, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah, and it's really shitty because there is no reason why it can't happen. Because it all just comes down to the UFC's choice not to co-promote. And, like, they co-promoted in the pre- in the past with pride. They co-promoted the Floyd the Floyd boxing <laughs> match, you know? Dude, but you, you know Dana's sky daddy of MMA, dude. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> dude it's fucking it's just crazy to me i like i truly i've thought this for a while and i don't want to get your take on it i really do feel like that like i believe that there's a prime for everything i think like in as a human being you will have a prime of your life whether that's we talk about primes for fighters i think that dana white as a promoter is past his prime because i don't understand how you can look at francis and ganu who has a fight with Tyson, they both want that fight, a Tyson Fury fight. And you as a promoter have the possibility to take 20% of that, 30% of that. Because let's, let's remember here, they took a chunk out of Connor's payday. And obviously there were other reasons why Ngannou left the UFC. But this was one of the major reasons. And they're like, no, we will never let you box. And it's like, dude, Dana, how can you let your ego get in the way that bad? I mean, that's, that's free money that they could have had, you know? Like it's 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 fucking mind boggling. Well, like, we're on the UC John topic. I was gonna huh? ask you. I was gonna say, well, we're on the UC John topic. Do you think John could have replicated any of close at all to what Francis did on that night if he was in that spot? No. I was curious. What? <laughs> I just wondering. I mean, 
Yeah. That's curious. Well, uh, here's the thing. I saw people saying, like, how can Nganu beat... This is pre-fight. How can Nganu beat uh, fucking, you know, Fury whenever he was getting outboxed by Cyril Gaon? And it's like... It's just it's just different sports, but also he had an injury. I think a big reason why people were underestimating him because he was hurt, you know, like in his last fight, and he looked a lot worse because of it. I, John Jones is getting outboxed by everybody all the time. Like, and, like no offense, it just it just is what it is. I mean, Dominic Reyes outboxed him easily in their fight before he, you know, John had to take the fight to the ground, had to get in the clinch, had to do some dirty boxing, getting close, that sort of thing. So no, there's no chance that John Jones would have been able to replicate that. Um. He's just not a great boxer. He just he's not. That's I mean his best honestly his best tools on the feet are his legs. So yeah. yeah. So I no man. But I here but here's what's interesting about the Singhani thing. We're talking a lot about what can happen. I asked you earlier who do you want to see him fight? Will he fight in MMA or boxing? Angel, we're gonna get an announcement soon. Like he, according to reports, he already has a, an offer from Saudi Arabia for his next fight. He's already been in discussions with the PFL and the PFLs. Like, you gotta give credit where it's deserved. They have been very, they're not great when it comes to everything. Um, especially when it comes to fighters' rights and stuff like that, which we talk about a lot on this show, which we'll talk about later too, by the way. But they outright said that like, hey, we had two possible dates for Ngannou this year, March or February. It doesn't really matter to us which one he does. So if he wants to box, he can box. That gives us even more time to find a suitable opponent. So PFL's literally down for Ngannou to box, cause look, this is what Shout they realized. Huh? Shout out to PFL. Yeah. Well, that's what the UFC didn't realize. That, you know, rising tide, you know, raises all shifts, bro. Like, that's... Nganu, as a PFL fighter out there, you know, fucking up Tyson Fury, looks good Looks good for them. Now they're in the spotlight, too. So... But here's, here's the best part, is that we're not going to have to wait long. Apparently, he's already gotten an offer from Saudi Arabia. PFL is already, you know, they're... You're in talks with them, you know? Like, they've already said, like, hey, dude, like, you can do whatever you want, you know? We're going to get an announcement soon. Apparently, his next fight's already 90% there. Apparently, they're, like, they have a very good idea of what they're going to do next. Isn't that wild? Like, how how long do you think we'll get the announcement by December or by the end of this month? I think probably by... I mean, it's only November 2nd. I'm going to go by the end of this month, if they're already pretty much there. And if Saudi Arabia's on board, that's the big thing, is that Saudi Arabia's the main one bankrolling this. Like, they're, like... They kind of need not, to, though. Yeah, well, if they're not fully on board, and I'm generally skeptical when I don't know they're fully on board. That's why that's why AJ Wilder didn't happen, because Saudi Arabia wasn't fully on board with, with making that sort of fight. Which is so, sad. Yeah, yeah, so, which is dumb, but... Very, very just, sad. Very sad. But yeah, dude, Ngannou, we're going to have it soon. So... Hey. Anyways, man, um, in terms of, I mean, I don't even know where to, where to go from there, man. I mean, any closing thoughts, I guess, before we go ahead and move on? I mean, I just, I need to say it again, man. Uh, we, we've, we lived a historic moment. At the end of the day, no one would be able to take away from Francis what happened on that night. I mean, he knocked down the heavyweight champion of the world. He took a scorecard away from him coming from a different sport. He... Like I told you, dude. No matter what in history, he will be known as one of the greatest combatants. One of the greatest combatants to walk this earth. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it comes down to, dude. That's exactly what it comes down to. I mean, he—he's arguably the greatest combat sports athlete of all time. I mean, to step in there as the the lineal UFC heavyweight champion and to knock down and arguably beat boxing's lineal lineal heavyweight champ. We're never going to see it again. I mean, we might. I mean, but. It's going to take a long time, you know? I don't think if we ever will, dude. That's the thing, which is crazy. Yeah, because guys just don't step in there. Like, that's exactly it. Like, Connor Floyd, like, Floyd, we were talking about, oh, he's the best boxer on the planet. But, like, by 2015, he wasn't, you know? We kind of, excuse me, that fight even happened in 2015. 2017, he wasn't. So, like, but Tyson Fury was arguably pound for pound number one going into this fight. Like, you can make a case for it. So, it's like, fuck, dude. It's just, it's just insane. Um, I do think we should go ahead and move on, though, because we do have other stuff to talk about. What's the uh, better question is, though, Josh, yeah. how will this affect LeBron's legacy? <laughs> you know, I've been sitting around thinking about that, and I'm like, fuck, dude. Once that knockdown happened in round three, I'm like, dude, how will LeBron come back from this? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, anyways, man. Uh, UC did not have a card last Saturday, which was which was a smart decision. Right? Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, could you imagine, like, if they would... Did they actually do that on purpose, or did it kind of just work out like that? I'd be willing to bet that it was... Um, combination of both. Combination of both, and then probably ESPN being like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Because like, it's, it's, a, it's a huge fight, you know? Like, so if they would have tried to promote, like, another UC, like, Apex card or something, it wouldn't have gone well, and also ESPN would have been like, why are you trying to... Are you excited to see Dana get asked here in a week at UFC 290? What is it? UFC 294, right? Yeah. 295. Uh, 295, I mean. All yeah. of the Francis Ngannou questions? I can already tell you what he's going to say. How irritated he'll be? No, he's not going to be irritated. He's going to be like, you know, we, he, he left for the, the kid, kid go, you know. He, for the we, kid. Well, you know, I mean, hey, look. You know, look, I... We let the kid go, you know. Um, he he wasn't he wasn't suitable for our place, you know. He wanted to go out there and box, and you know we just don't do that here. We book we book championship fights here, you know. We don't book exhibition. I can already tell you what he's gonna say. We he's do not real fights. Yeah. yeah, we do real fights here. We don't do gimmick fights. You know, Francis didn't want to fight John Jones. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he didn't want to fight John Jones. Yeah, which is just so funny, by the way. Like, I, I mean, it, not to go back on it, but it's so funny now in hindsight, right? Like, Jesus. Um, anyway. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I mean. Oh, man, yeah, he fucking, he ducked a guy, a light heavyweight who hadn't fought in three years to go fight the baddest fucking boxer on the planet in his sport to make $20 million. Just, he's so afraid. It just makes no sense. Makes no sense. Impossible. Uh, yeah, so everybody who thought fumbled the bag, man, just does it, Angel, I mean, I know that we're not the ones that we're fighting, but does it also feel good to take kind of like a victory lap as somebody who talked a lot of, and was in France and gone a corner? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I just know that we went ahead and we, we've, you know, not all, not all, everybody's been on uh, his side, but a lot of them who were like, oh, fumbled the bag, what's he going to do? All the Francis like, haters, right? I never understood the Francis haters, but if you're a Francis hater, fuck you. <laughs> I'm, yeah, just, I, 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 I'm gonna be serious, bro. Like I remember in some of these communities and people were talking shit about Francis. I'm like, what? What? What, what are you guys mad about? Yeah, it's. I'll never understand anybody that sides with like, like a like a powerful entity over like like no like Francis Gone is not a normal guy, but like you're siding with the company. Like what what did, what does the UFC do for you? That's so crazy good. Like, cause I've watched Francis Gunner go out there and put on years of entertainment and get paid jack shit for it. So like, that's why I'm on his side. What's the UC doing for you? You know? It, it's not even just that, but it's a simple fact of like, why are you questioning what this person's trying to do with their career? Like, to an extent, you know, you can, but like, I mean, as far as, how do I put it? Just them wanting to make a major move to potentially make more money. Yeah. You know what I mean? More than anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it was ridiculous. And, uh, so if you're somebody who's like, oh, he fumbled the bag, just, you know, just, just go ahead and sit there thinking about that. Just sit there thinking about how easily you fall for the UC propaganda, guys. It's really, it's, it's easy to see. Like, you just have to use your head. <laughs> like, it's true. I and mean, we talked about this back in, like, whenever it was happening on, happening during the whole fucking saga. So, um, yeah, good for Nganu. He arguably won the fight and he, you know, did you see that clip, by the way? I know it's really random right now, but did you ever see no, that clip good. of a... Uh... Oh, never mind, never mind. Never mind, think of a different thing. Okay, never mind, never mind. Yeah, but props to Ghana, man. Real-life Rocky, that's all you can say. To grow up in the sand mines of Cameroon, to, you know, making a, a homemade raft, flying to France, getting, by the way, getting arrested multiple times, being deported back, eventually getting there, eventually getting to UFC, becoming heavyweight champion, Having everybody doubt you again, you know, having to go th- date, f- like fucking Andy and Shawshank Redemption Angel climbing through the fucking the shit tunnels, okay, to get out of the UFC. What and the then, fuck is that, Private File? <laughs> to, to get yeah, to fucking get all the way there. So you got to give him credit, and uh, yeah, what a legend. Um, but we are going to talk about the UFC because they do have a big, they, not a big card, but they have there's some good fights on this UFC Sao Paulo card. Going down this Saturday night from Sao Paulo, Brazil, in the main event, Jailton Almeida. We know the story. 32 years young, 
unbeaten in the UFC. Every man he's faced has just been annihilated, uh, has not gotten out of the second round. He's taken, like, three strikes total, you know, like, he's putting up Hamzat numbers up at heavyweight. Taking on Derek Lewis, he's riding a, uh, a knockout win over Marcos Rogério de Lima. Stepping in here on short notice, also got a uh, got arrested for reckless driving literally last week. So um, in a Lamborghini, Josh, <laughs> and a La- yeah, in a Lamborghini. So at least he's you know you know styling as he's getting pulled over. So um, yeah, what do you what do you think of this heavyweight main event? Derek Lewis coming here as a massive underdog, uh, understandably so. Hey man, the odds are always against Derek, but Derek always beats the odds. Yeah. By the way, Not little old, but. little <laughs> random note here. Did you see that video on Twitter of uh, him at a Houston? I think it was an Astros game, and uh, he oh, catches God. he caught that chick doing coke next to him in this stadium. Dude, Derek Lewis has made, had like multiple memes that just transcend the MMA community. The one and of uh. <laughs> Uh, the one of him next to the guy at the movie theater, the one that, uh... had orange hair? <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 that, that's a fucking hilarious one. He has a couple of those, dude. Like, he's, uh, he, he's a genuinely funny guy. So fucking funny, dude. And also, like, the situations he's in, too, right? Like... <laughs> yeah. You know me, Josh, I will never, ever, ever, until Derek Lewis retires, ever pick against Derek Lewis. You know what's funny, though, Josh? You might, like... I, it's, I do need to clarify. Every time I pick Derek, and I mean this with, like, all seriousness, I do genuinely think every fight he's ever been in that I picked him for, I do think he could win. Mm-hmm. Even the Sorogon fight, even the Taitui Vasa fight, every single fight, including this one, it's it's just that he has that fucking nuclear option. I know things have been up uh, uh, da- uh, on the down, but he just, you know, he got a win over recently. He got to finish again, and he's kind of, hey man, he got a little, got a little fire under his ass again. And Chelsea Ameda, you know, he's kind of primarily a takedown guy. He's gone for all the takedowns within the. I actually saw the uh, the stat. I think within the first twenty twenty five seconds of each round. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, Derek Lewis has this amazing power called uh, just stand up. <laughs> and if he could use his power of just stand up, you know, what's going to happen when Chelsea's first takedown doesn't work? You know, and he can't hold him down. And he can't get the takedown every first round. He, maybe he takes a few Derek's edge. You know, these are all things that are going to look as he goes on. He's not going to be able to take down, you know, everybody else. You know, as far as like the top, we're talking about the Sergey Pavlovich's, the Tom Aspinall's, uh, potentially the John Jones and Stevens of the world. He's not going to be able to just go for the takedown in the first 20 seconds and get it. So who knows? Maybe Derek can, uh, give him a different look here and, uh, show what's possible. But all I know is I always believe in Derek Lewis. I'm going to keep picking him. I honestly don't know how many times I picked Derek Lewis on the show, but it's it's not ending anytime soon, boys. Let's get it, Black Beast. Let's get it. Hey, well, you're riding with your guy. I gotta give I gotta give you props. You're consistent, you know. Um, at the very least, that's that's awesome. Uh, Jilton Almeida is gonna win this fight though, going away. If we're being, you know, if we're, I, if we're I, can't, I, I can't wait for Jilton to get knocked out in round one. <laughs> Well, to be fair, I'm not on a great. Uh, I'm not picking heavyweight fights uh, correctly this month, so we'll, we'll see how next week because uh, you you got to rally back. If if this fight, if fucking if Derek Lewis wins and I got the Ngannou fight so wrong, I'm just gonna fucking whoever I think is gonna win, I'm gonna throw a fucking a, a grand on the other guy. Aspinall, Pavlovich, just the opposite way, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, I do think Jailton Almeida is going to win, though. I mean, I just think, realistically speaking, Derek Lewis took this fight. He's going to get paid very well. Um, he's coming off a knockout win. He just signed a new deal. I think this is pretty much a, hey, Derek, you want to do us a favor? You know, like you're going into the guy's home country, you know, he's unbeaten, short notice. I mean, it's just, it's everything lining up wrong for Derek Lewis. So I've got to go ahead and take Jalen Almeida for the win. That's not any. That's not any. Uh, I think. Any I think this is the opposite, John. I think that all sounds like everything's going right for her. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You think he was speeding because he was just trying to get to Brazil really fast? He was about a business flight, bro. That's probably what it was. People out here trying to disrespect my man's. You make a good point. I didn't think about that. That has to be it. I mean, he's already in Brazil. Like. Yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know if you saw the pictures, but he's already there. He's been there for a while now. Well, he actually did. You see what he said about his arrest? No, what did he say? He he gave the shaggy defense. It wasn't him. What the 
fuck? No, uh, yeah, he gave the Shaggy defense. It was not him. Did you, but did you see? I mean, they said that he got arrested, but did you see Derek Lewis actually get arrested? No, you're making a point. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't him. <laughs> that don't look like him. It was just some other big guy. Yeah, for real. That same name. You think there's you think there's not multiple Derek Lewises in Houston, bro? Like, I don't <laughs> doubt it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> Anyways, I, I fucking love Derek Lewis. He's probably gonna, he's probably gonna lose though. I mean, he could catch him. He has the he's, power to. He's you know. probably gonna win. I know. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. He has the power to catch him. I will say that much. Um, the Colmarine event though is an excellent fight. Excellent, <laughs> excellent fight. Um, Gabriel Bonfrey. 15-0, excellent prospect, taking on Nicholas Dalby up at welterweight. Uh, Nicholas Dalby entering this fight, riding a three-fight winning streak, beating some good names, and then Muslim Salikov, Worley, Alvis, Quadio. So prior to that, he lost to Tim Means. But look, dude, he, since he came to the UFC in 2019, he's been very, very good, uh, very proficient striker. Going to test Gabriel here. Do you think that uh, Gabriel will be able to emerge with the win, though? I mean, he's looking like he, he's potentially it, man. I mean, he is, uh, for those who don't know, the younger brother is Mel Bonfim, who has suffered a loss recently, um, in his UFC tenure now. Uh, Gabriel obviously keeping, keeping the perfect 15 0 win record right now in the UFC. And like you said, great matchup against Nicholas Dobby. Nicholas Dobby, a guy who, oh, man, I, I have, I, I, only if he would have, I don't know if it would have been better for him to come later in the UFC or, or the time he did it was good and then his exit and return. But I still have so much hope for him. I know he is on the older end now, um, you know, going out 39 actually here in a few days. Uh, I don't know. I, I, at the end of the day, I think he's still a fun guy. He could still put on some good fights, but he's taking on a younger guy who's hungry. Perfect record, Brazilian fighting in Brazil. <laughs> I mean, the cards are just kind of stacked against him, you know. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. You're you're really not wrong. I mean, and also Nicholas Dalby. I mean, he's had a couple of good wins, but he's also getting up there. Uh, like you mentioned, age 38. He's literally about to be 39 this month. So that's wild, isn't it? Yeah. Also, also, just Gabriel just looks like a complete fighter already at 26. Like. He just needs to get those weapons against high-level opponents and and learn how to win in multiple ways in all those high-level matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I I I'm a, I'm very high on Gabriel Bonfim. I think he's probably going to go out there and get a massive win. Like you said, everything's lining up for him. Um, in the same way that you think Derek Lewis, everything is lining up for him in the main event. You know. Um, I think Gabe's going to go out there and get a huge win, dude. I well, mean, I actually think, think Derek Lewis has plot armor, Josh. I think that's where you're mistaken. Oh, I didn't think about that. Does Gabe have plot armor because he's fighting in Brazil, or is he just that good? No, he's just that good. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. My bad. <laughs> I, I think you'd be fighting Nicholas Dalby in Denmark, and it actually wouldn't make a difference. It really wouldn't. I mean, if we're being completely honest. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, it, look, I mean, this is, this is kind of... Brazilians all in the, all on this car. They they were not lacking in Brazilians. What do you think uh, about the rest of it, man? What fights do you most want to talk about from UC Sao Paulo? You know, even though when I do think one guy is really favored in this matchup, I think the opponent is very good. Ale Alizex, oh, oh God, Celeski dos Santos <laughs> taking out good Renat enough. Renat Frasinidov uh, on the prelims. I do think these guys deserve uh, to be on the on the main card, in my personal opinion. Fucking. Like, look, I think it's gonna be Renat. It's gonna be the Renat show, but God damn, do I think these guys are gonna put on a good fight for some reason? Mm. No, you're not wrong. I mean, those both those guys come to fucking bang, and Renat's just ridiculously good. Uh, Ilizu, Celeste dos Santos. I mean, getting up there a bit at age 36, but whenever he's on, dude, he is on. Um, see his knockout of USC champion uh, Sean Strickland, if you don't believe me. So. Um, yeah, that's honestly a great booking, especially for this card. Um, Renat, dude, coming off that win over Kevin Lee. Very excited for that fight. Ismail Bond fiending on uh, Vince, P Vince Pichel, opening up the main card. We'll see how that one's going to go. Um, <clears throat> Ismail Bond theme, obviously the younger brother of Gabe, and obviously coming off, I believe, coming off a loss. Um, I get St. Denise. Yeah, St. Denise, which no shame in losing that one, though. I mean, that kid's just... I say kid, that guy is fucking scary. He's um, looking good. 
He is. Yeah, Kyle Baralo taking on Abus Magomedov should be should be fun uh, for the one round that uh, Abus has of gas. <laughs> um, <laughs> but for that first round, he looks damn good, though. Relatable. Um, yeah, uh, he's just like me. He's got about three minutes in him. Um, Rodolfo Vieira <laughs> taking on Armand Petrosian should be fun. I mean, look, this is a Brazil card. You kind of know what you're going to expect here. Um, Angela Hill taking on Denise Gomez. Is going to be a very very fun fight. Um, Denise Gomez has fucking power based on her couple her last couple of UFC fights, so that should be fun. Angel Hill always comes to pay. Montserrat Ruiz, my girl Conneal, excited to see her go ahead and uh, come back. Riding a two fight losing streak, but that's all right. It's all right. Um, and then obviously Mark Jacasey opening up the card, uh, riding a two fight losing streak. We'll see what he can go ahead and put uh, put things back on track. Um, but yeah, man. Get, in terms of this card, man, what, what do you think? Probably like on paper. I, mean, I know that we rate it after it happens, but like seven out of ten, it's all right. <laughs> seven point eight. You know, I think it's pushing on an eight. Oh, uh, you're giving it a seven point eight. All right. I think, it, I think it's up there. I don't think it deserves to be an eight, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty up there. Yeah. Oh, man, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's gonna be a solid card. Excited to see it go down. But we do have some news to talk about, man. Um, admittedly, not a lot. Like, there's not a whole lot that's happened, honestly, this past week in, in, in MMA and uh, in boxing. But the biggest, uh, arguably the biggest piece of news, which really nobody is uh, talking about, is that the UFC, and by the way, not many people have discussed this entire thing, so it kind of makes sense. Uh, but the UFC will be going to trial. Zufa versus Zufa slash UFC versus Kung Lee is the official the official name of the suit. April 8th is the date. Uh, as you may, some of you may recall, if you followed along the story with us, um, this, this antitrust lawsuit began all the way back in 2014, bankrolled by names like Kung Lee, Nate the Rock Warrior, John Fitch, some of the others. Um, earlier this year, you know, they went ahead and it was officially certified as a class action lawsuit. And uh, a federal judge, I can't remember his name, but essentially went ahead and slammed the UFC for their abuse of power, their restrictive contracts, so on and so efforts to drive down fighter pay, so on and so forth. The UFC appealed that decision, and it went to two Nevada judges in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Two judges who were appointed by uh, Donald Trump, Dana's buddy, by the way. It did not matter. It did not matter. They are going to trial unless the UFC decides to settle with the fighters. And if they settle, the fighters, by the way, want, in case you need a reminder, anywhere between $800 million and $1.1 billion. And due to the type of lawsuit that this is, it can be tripled. So they're going to trial, baby. Uh, this is essentially the only thing that was uh, holding the trial back from happening was used. He did file an appeal, I believe, last month or the month before. They had 90 days past the point of it being certified. I don't remember exactly when they filed the appeal, but they filed the appeal. It went to two judges, both Trump-appointed, and they both felt the same thing. I thought, damn, you guys have no fucking case. This has to go to trial. So, um, Angel, fight of the century. <laughs> fight of the century, April 8th. UFC versus Kung Lee. <laughs> yeah, officially, Lee versus Zufa is going to a federal trial, uh, more than likely, more than likely. Um, dude, I mean, I'm just, I'm in awe. I'm in awe also of the fact that this story's not being talked about. I mean, I you always are, say You're it. talking about it right now, Josh. That's true, but I mean, Angel, if it weren't for me, would you know about this? No, absolutely not. There you go. So I, I think I might have heard something yeah. small about it in my free time. I don't yeah through a few podcasts, but even then they've never talked about it to the extent of giving me the knowledge that I have gotten through you. Yeah, it's 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 bad, and I will say that some of and I've gone through a couple of these um on my own time. And if you guys want to, I'd recommend um, Bloody Yellow has a lot of this information. Um, and they just have links. To, if you don't want to listen to, like, their editorial, you can just download the PDF. They've, they've gotten, like, a multiple fighter contracts. Habib Namagamadov was one of them. Um, if you guys want to comb through that, his first ever UFC contract, uh, where I believe he was being paid. Oh, man, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I, I know I sent it to you, Angel. Do you remember what it was? I don't know if you clicked on it. I, I, didn't, I clicked on it, but I didn't, I didn't go through it at the time. Like, I didn't get to yeah. read all of it. Yeah, it was very it, long. 
Yeah, it, I believe it was 15 and 15 was what Habib started on. Doesn't sound unrealistic, to be honest, though. There, yeah, I mean, it's it's it was pretty crazy. Hey, I mean, Habib was making that money, though, because that's 30K right there. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, yeah, it, it, it's definitely interesting, man. It's definitely interesting. So some of those contracts have been leaked from 2017 uh, to 2016, which well, is... Do you know, who, like, just some random fighters off the top of your head, just out of curiosity? Man, I, I could, I bet I could probably pull up the list, but no, I don't, I don't have um, them off the top of my head. I only, I only know Habib is a recent one, but there were a lot of older ones that came out before. Uh, this CM time Punk. <laughs> well, here's what's, here's what's also interesting. Because of the fact that they went ahead and um, they moved this this case forward, something that the UFC also filed was an appeal to not have uh, the information that came out in the discovery phase be released to the public. So, like, their contracts, more than just their contracts, their own internal business model and stuff like that. And some of that information has also gone out. And I, I think I saw, like, a, a, a PDF, like, last night of, like, the UFC's, like, business plans for 2016, which just, that, it doesn't really matter too much. But it is interesting to see that, you know, they say in there, like, our target baseline is 20% and under for fighter pay of, like, their overall expenditures. And you can, they even have in there the graph of, like, 20%, 20%, 18%, 16%, like, it's just going down, you know, like, and that's their own internal stuff, so it's very interesting. Um, the UC is in a very bad position, and they can settle. They can settle, but they clearly did not think this was going to get that far. They absolutely did not. They lobbied. I mean, I've talked about this before, but, like, they did not have the money. Dana says they, they can't pay fires anymore. They don't have the money, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they have the money to go out and pay lobbyists. You know, to to go ahead and make sure that on the legal side of stuff, it doesn't get too bad. They were clearly not expecting this, especially considering it got in front of two Trump-appointed judges. They probably thought it was going to get thrown out. It did not. So now we just have to wait and see. They have five months between now and the trial. They can work on a potential settlement with the fighters, but I very much doubt that would happen. Um, maybe they Maybe they will, but I think – but also, if they get in front of a jury, they're fucked, man. I mean – it's, uh, according to what the, the judges and some of the, the professional opinions from people who are more, you know, versed in the legal, the legal speak than I am, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be in a world of hurt, world of hurt if it does go to trial and they get in front of a jury, you know, because uh, some of those contracts are just so restrictive, you know, like they like just crazy shit. Now they're not as bad as one championship. Some one championship contracts have come out recently, you know, like, <laughs> Like, they, like, dude, like, I, I'm not sure. I don't think we talked about this because it doesn't really matter much. I mean, like, we talk with the UFC so much because, like, they're the only company that turns a profit. Like, one championship is, like, $200 million in debt or something. So it's, like, Relatable. um, dude, yeah, me, me too, me, for real, for real, you know, just like me. Um, But, uh, yeah, one championship, they've had some stuff leaked. But, like, dude, like, theirs are funny. It's stuff like, you know, we, like, in, in bold letters, we own your title, you know, like, you cannot post a picture, you cannot pose with it unless we give you permission. Just crazy shit. Like, the UC's not as bad as that, but they're pretty bad. Um, but anyways, man, I mean, any, and I'm probably, I know that you don't have a whole lot to add, and this is amazingly just kind of a me thing, but any, your reaction to the, to this news? Andrew? I, I just, I, like, I've been saying time and time again, every time we've been, I just want to see, how far this is going to go and what is what the outcome is going to be in the end and if it was worth all of it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it really does seem like the UC's greed has gotten the better of them. I mean, I just just mind-boggling that they thought they could get around this issue. Um, it, it, they just kept on pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away, and it's just like... Dana always talk. I, I always wonder, man. I, Dana always talked about how like every big boxing event is, he, which by the way, I don't even know what the fuck he means by this. He says it's a going out of business sale, you know, because they because they lose so much money. I'm assuming he's his implication there. It's like Dana, you know, <laughs> going out of business sale, bud. Like every big event, did you not think about the fact that this is going to come back to, to haunt you at some point in time? You know, um, we'll see. We will see what's what's going to happen because. No, it's not like they can't afford to pay it. Like the TKO group, which owns the UFC and the WWE now, is worth twenty-one billion dollars, and at ma- at max, they're gonna have to pay three. But still, three billion dollars is not and and completely fucking up your business model for the UFC because things would have to change. The contracts would have to change if they get found to have uh, been at fault. So, anyways, man, it's about all I got. Um, I think I did a, a relatively okay job at trying to give the information out there. And again, like this is all public information. 
All public information, bjfan.com. We've covered it. Bloody Elbow's done what, a lot of good what, work. What is that one more time, Josh? I think I, think I might have B- missed it. Yeah, bjpen.com, <laughs> you know, uh, the number one source for all MMA coverage. And to be honest with you guys, uh, like MMA fighting, MMA junkie. I'm not, I'm going to go in, I'm just going to go in and say him now, like, because we all know the bigger ones are not going to cover this barely, if at all. So. Um, calling them out like that by name that's that's it's true it's true i mean like they'll they'll cover it but they'll they'll put it as a little blurb on their website they'll 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 write you know maybe three three paragraphs about it they won't push it to socials i know how they know how they work you know um biggest biggest story (laughs) it's the biggest story of fucking an mma today and uh barely getting coverage so we'll see um Thank you, we do. Josh. Thank you for for allowing us to know this. Thank you for letting the world know the truth. Yeah. But anyways, man. I mean, we uh, we will we will go ahead and we'll talk about it more as it gets closer, and we'll see if they make any settlements or make any overtures or potentially start moving in a settlement direction. We will discuss that on the show. Um, we have other stuff to talk about though. Darren Till. Darren Till has not been seen in in quite a long time. One hundred percent, Angel. Um, we've not seen uh, Darren Till in quite some time. He got released in the UC earlier this year. He requested his re- his release. Actually, he said that he was going to go make some big money in boxing and then come back to MMA. So Darren Till is going to be fighting in Russia in an MMA <laughs> fight against an eighteen and three. Uh, he his name is Magomed, I believe. Uh, <laughs> I don't have. I'm pulling it up right now. Actually, his name is Magomed Ishmilov. He is 18 and three. He's a Russian internet star. They're going to be fighting in MMA. Apparently, this has not been made official, but apparently that's the direction it's going in. What the fuck is Darren Till doing with his career, dude? I don't know. I mean, it's just he's rebuilding, man. Maybe he's trying to get a one championship. You know, PFL maybe. But he he requested his UFC release. He got it though, right? He got his, he's free. I don't again. know why he wanted it, but he got it. He got his freedom, dude. They gave him the sock. They gave him the sock in the book, dude, like Dobby. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, that's a great comparison. That's a great comparison. Um, yeah, I just, I genuinely don't understand, dude. I mean, I'm just, he, he really talked, he was talking about getting that Mike Perry fight and then, now it's Eddie Alvarez, man. Just <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, man. I mean, because this isn't, man. I just I'm just I'm still in awe, dude. I just don't understand. To request your UFC release and to not have a backup plan because he clearly thought he was going to get a big boxing match, but it's like the the Pauls apparently have no interest, or if they did, they're not really. They're not going after him, and it's just like, dude, like, he really, uh, this doesn't benefit him in any way. Maybe he's getting a massive payday, but I doubt it. So, um. He can't be making that much money from this. There's no way, right? He could have been making more money in the UC, right? I would assume so. Yeah, this is mad weird. Yeah, um, it's just odd. And now this is not confirmed, and look, especially when it comes to, to Darren, he's had multiple like false reports out there. He hinted one time he was going to be fighting a Paul brother. It didn't happen. You know, he's talked about fighting Mike Perry 7,000 times. It's not happening, you know, like, um, so it really, it's just how, how much do you really think it's going to happen? I don't know. Um, in this circumstance, just like, dude, if it does, who's advising you? <laughs> like, dude, from fighting Tyrone Woodley for a world championship to, Fighting some random guy in Russia for an undisclosed amount of money. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, you know, um, that's that's it, it, you don't even have to go back that far. You can just go to Drikas Duplessis. He fought Drikas Duplessis in his last fight. And now Drikas is one like, you know, arguably the middleweight number one contender. So it's like, Jesus. Um, he didn't have, well, dude, even before that, he, he did lose to Derek Brunson. But before that, dude, that Robert Whitaker fight on Robert's fucking little run back, that was probably his hardest fight. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong, dude. And look, like, and Darren, Darren nearly beat Drikas. 
he came, people forget, like he, he got kind of, kind of got like fucked up around one, but he was bringing it back around two and three before he got subbed. Like he had a very good chance of winning that fight on the cards if he did not get subbed in round three. The Derek Brunson fight, he was losing and then he rocked him in round three. They nearly got him out of there, they ended up getting finished. Like Darren Till is still, I think he's still a legitimately top 10 guy at middleweight. So that's what, why, that's what makes his release 30. even more. Yeah. 30, 31 this year though. I will say that, but there's still time. Yeah. There's still time. There's still time to get together somehow, right? However, however the fuck you could get it together. Yeah. If you could. I don't know. And granted, we do need to mention the injuries and all of that. I mean, they, they are factors, Josh. You know, it isn't just the fighting, you know, and the fights themselves. You know, obviously, the uh, the injuries played a factor into all of those, which is obviously devastating. I, I don't know. It's it's probably a combination of a lot of things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, I just, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into it, obviously. We'll see what happens if this ends up being real, if it ends up being confirmed. If it does, it's just like, man, fuck. It's just so disappointing. Um, that being said, we do have, we do have uh, a big fight announcement. Dude, it is so refreshing to be excited for a USC fight night. Like, it's not, not to say that it doesn't happen, Um but uh, it is pretty rare, dude. And Dana White announced earlier this week that in uh, December 2nd, UFC Austin will be headlined by Benil Dariush taking on Armand Sarukin up a lightweight. However, it's a lightweight doubleheader. This will have Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green in the co-main event, which will be five rounds. First time ever a UFC fight night will have a five-round co-main event. Dude, what do you, what do you think about this fight news? Oh man, I always say it, man. I think we should have more five round co-main events. Uh, for certain fights, for the right fights. Or if it's necessarily the right fight, but I'm down for it because of the guys that were in the five round fight, you know? Um, yeah. Just, I think this is good matchmaking. I think it's good matchmaking for Bobby, good matchmaking for Dan. Uh, I think in their current circumstance for both of them, I think it makes a, a fair bit of sense for this fight to happen. And the fact that they get five rounds and especially, you know how these guys can fight. I think it's it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, it is. It's. I'm very excited for this card. It's refreshing to be excited for a fight night. Um, we'll be previewing this. Just, I mean, we're literally a month out, so not very far away. Um, from from this event going down, but. And, and honestly, I think it's interesting that they're going to start doing uh, five-round co-main events. Um, I'm down for it. I think that there's no reason to not make more fights five rounds if, if it's a fight that's worthy of it, you know? There's no, like, they make their own rules. There's no point. Um, anyways, man, I think we should go ahead and move on because this is going to be our last topic of the day. Conor McGregor was one of those names. There were three UC fighters that were active. At Tyson Fury, France Ngannou. One of them, Israel Adesanya. The other one, Kamaru Usman. Lastly, it was Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor was there, you know, as the as the the OG of the MMA versus boxing <laughs> guy. You know, he was there supporting Francis, and he went ahead and was asked about it. Um, he confirmed that he's in USADA. He's confirmed he's already been tested two or three times, I believe. He also said he confirmed for the first time the UFC 300 is his goal, and in April, that's his target point. Wow. Yeah. Angel, do you think it's going to end up being Conor McGregor? I know that we no. talked. Fair- no, <laughs> I actually, 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 I don't know what the fuck they're going to do now. Because you know they lost Islam versus uh, Volk for UFC 300. I really don't know what their headline main event's going to be now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I well, actually they have some possibilities. Yeah, I mean they have they have options, but which one makes sense, Josh? To headline UFC 300, though, you know what I'm saying? Like, what would it be? Because like Volk is fighting, like, like I know Volk is going to supposedly fight Ilya next year, but we don't know that for a fact. But it sounds like it's probably going to happen. Even if that was like for some reason, I know it's not, but like even if that was, that wouldn't really excite me because you know, like Volk's coming off a loss, even though it's not at 145, but it, but there'd be something with me to be like, oh, okay, cool, can't, but it's not like. You know, would it be like Volk won the title, came back, and is gonna, you know, and continue to defend at 145, and then Islam? I mean, the only one that they could possibly do for that for me to be like, okay, this is Germany 300, would be Charles, 
over Gaethje in my personal opinion. But mm-hmm. I, I really don't I don't know. Uh uh but I, I mean granted, you know, they'll spring like one or two other title fights in there, so I guess it'll end up working out, but it's weird because I don't think there's a matchup right now that I'm like, damn, like that's that's UFC three hundred. I'm never gonna forget that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean realistically, I do think they have a couple of different options. I think Connor makes a lot of sense. Um to me, I don't think Connor versus Chandler makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? I think Connor mm-hmm. Diaz three would make a lot of sense. But like of a UFC three hundred caliber, you know, fight? I, I really don't know. Um I do think it's interesting that Connor did confirm it though. He was like, Yeah, that's the plan. You know? Like it's just Yeah, he's just being honest, he's being straight up. But I mean that's that we'll we'll see what happens, man. Any closing thoughts before we go ahead and uh on this subject or anything else before we go and bounce out of here, man. No, man, I'm just excited to get back to regular scheduled, you know, weekly fights. Excited to see the pay-per-view next week. It's a big one. I know you'll be you'll be in-house for that. So I'm very excited. Very, very fucking excited to get back just into the action. We still have some big-time boxing going down. We still got stuff going down in the MMA world. Uh, obviously, we're still waiting for the announcement for the, the UFC China main event and who potentially be in that. So definitely excited to talk about that whenever that comes up. For sure, man, for sure. Um, and I hope you guys enjoyed the show, man. I mean, this is this is a big one. Um, obviously, coming off of such a such a crazy fucking night, man. I mean, Jesus. So, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm at Josh Shimanoff on Twitter. He's at Andrew Ortega underscore O one at Courtside Sound for all things related to the show on Twitter. Not calling it X. Um, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. So, <laughs> peace and bug grease. Mouse click. <laughs>